kick to the curb, fragile and turmoil. Flip to the dark side, no trust, no one loyal. Joe Quinn depicting the truth that lies within. We all got the urge to sin. 21st century, why do you judge me? How do you know one's stability? No crime to be kind. He was the honest, loving guy. Push to the edge leads to self-destruction. Obliterate it all. You are the phoenix. You can and will rise from the ashes and burn down the obstructing walls. Dil, uh, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate you being so patient with me as well. That poem, when I read it, it really hit me. And it was, we'll talk about the context. I'll let you talk about that. But it's stayed with me since that period of time. And we could almost dissect it line by line and, and talk about it. But we'll, we'll get to that. Can you tell me about the context of behind the poem? So... Once, what happened is I actually saw the movie called The Joker, and I don't know if anybody has actually seen it, and you'll notice in the character that he's this kind, loving guy, full of life, and then as the movie progresses, you see that he gets mentally unstable because he keeps getting pushed, and I felt like that happens, and that can happen in in our day-to-day lives with all of us at some point where you're you know you're feeling good you're feeling happy optimistic but then something can happen um and if you for example bullying or you keep pushing somebody and in this 21st century for example social media you've got that pressure and then you've got all these people sometimes can be negative or mean and it pushes people to the edge and after seeing the film and then what hurt me deeply is what happened to deep um And I'm sure across the world, we all felt that pain. And then he was just a normal, loving, kind guy, pushed, pushed to the edge. And and sadly, he took his life. And it just really, really hit me. And I just felt that I just wanted to project it in a way um, that expressed that. When I'm writing, I just write from my heart. So whatever emotion or feeling, I'm feeling at that point. Um, And then I just convey that and I just start writing just whatever's in my mind and my heart. And I just wanted to get that out there because I feel like, you know, there's so many platforms and there's so much support system, but it's not talked about. And mental health, especially in the Asian society, in particular with men, um, it's it's still a t- taboo, as, as, as you would say. Um, and men have to put this facade on. You know, we're happy, going at girls, everything's fine, when it's really not. Um, and, you know, women, we talk, we cry, we laugh. But with men, I feel you, a sense of bottling up. But I don't think that should be the way and there should be more support. So that's probably the main reason why I constructed this rhyme. We talked about earlier how you can have this internal life of what you're experiencing on the inside. And then you can have this external life of what you portray on the outside. And it feels as though everyone is in duk, everyone is suffering and has this internal turmoil, but they necessarily don't have the tools to be able to have an outlet or a form of expression. Uh, at what f- point do you feel like poetry became a tool or form of expression for yourself, or is it that? Um, it's actually started when I was quite young, um, so I was about 13, 14. Um, the vocabulary has improved since, <laughs> um, and I was quite young, and I just started writing my rhymes, um, constructing the sentences together, and I felt a lot better when I was just writing it, feeling a lot of emotion at that age. I didn't quite understand about 
talking or expressing it. And I have actually been always that person that you'll always see smiling, it's got that facade, but really and truly I'm just a human being too. And I have my down days and I think it's absolutely fine to say, do you know what? Today's not just a great day and reach out to your friends. Another thing that tends to be a taboo is counseling. And I'm, I hold my hands up high. I actually went to counseling for a, quite a number of months, a long period. And that was um, so beneficial for my mental health. And I feel I'm at that stage where I can now help and heal others if they need that support. Because I was, I think there's a fine line of no, 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 I'll be okay, I'll be okay. But the longer you leave it, the more it builds up. It's like the skeletons in your closet and you have to face it. Um, so sometimes I feel like this anxiety and this buildup of depression can lead to that suppression of your emotions and feelings. And whether you talk to a counsellor, a friend or family, it's just so healthy. And Deep's news, it it hit deep like it was such a sad sad period and um to see what their family's going through and the fact that he couldn't have that much support to stay alive um was quite uh, disturbing to be fair i was doing some research on mental health and the interviews i was listening to a lot of the people had been like deep had been experiencing depression for a long period of time sometimes 10 15 20 years before they got to the point of taking their lives. And I think some of the things you've mentioned really resonate because if we have those, that counseling or support from family or that confidant that we can talk to, then it could potentially help to take some of the pressure away from that individual and also not get, let it get to that stage where it's, too late and it's a I feel for his family what must his sister feel what must putting myself in his shoes if something happened to one of my family members you know what must they go through it, it must be awful um, for everybody and I had a couple of questions off the back of that one was around counseling what aspects of counseling do you think are beneficial I've had counseling in the past mm -hmm. as well so I have my experiences, but for yourself, which part of it do you think is is beneficial? I'll be perfectly honest, it was hit and miss. So initially when I went to the first counsellor, I was just in a room. It was very formal. It was just a man sitting there and judging me, and I didn't feel, I thought, great, is this counselling? So I um, thought this is not working. So it's not always the right. Fortunately, I went through the doctor and they referred me to uh, a cancer called Metonia, which um, anybody can go to. So, um, And the lady that I got was of the Asian background, so she was very empathetic. And what I loved about the counselling sessions, it wasn't structured questions, you weren't being judged, um, you had that healthy space to take your time and talk to the individual. It was unconventional. So whatever I felt in that week and that moment we spoke about, and there was touch points about your childhood as well and uh, trigger points there. So I felt the unconventional uh, space for individuals really does help um, with counselling. So that was the most beneficial part just talking not being judged and then breaking down the key areas that I can help improve as well myself and two questions off the back of that one is what do you think the difference is between talking to a counsellor 
and I have my take on this and talking to say your wife or husband or sister or brother or mum or dad because with my wife I can't really have conversations with her because she'll say oh you need to do and she's a psychologist and she's like you need to do this and you just need to do that and you need to do uh, more part of something and it's like, sometimes I feel like those conversations with her aren't necessarily as helpful but what do you think the difference is for you? I actually have to agree with you. Sometimes it's your loved ones, they love you and they see it in a different perspective. And I feel like there's that emotional attachment. So when they see you, it's it's to try and distinguish you to somebody else. You can't do that because you have that love and that care. So with somebody going completely outside of the house, I found it's unbiased. Evidently got so much love and support from family during my difficult period, but I felt just talking to somebody that does not know me at all can really see things from a different perspective and, um, you know, break it down. So I do agree with you in terms of (laughs) the teacher, like it's going to be okay, but really and truly, and then they break it down. And I just felt that you need that in in life if you're going through a difficult period. I know a lot of people may think, oh, no, counselling's not for me. It's actually when you sit there and you start talking, just getting it off your chest, you can feel so much lighter. And I feel that sometimes people go for a short period, which I noticed, but I would strongly advise if you need a little bit longer, go for it because you rather heal properly, find yourself again and find your inner child than be broken bits of you um so I think it's a key that's my perception and how long do you think it takes for it to work very good question (laughs) it it really depends on you um see I'm not a psychologist but I just feel personally it depends on your journey how long you have been going through that maybe potential trauma or difficult period everybody goes through different stages in their life it just depends on that that individual it may be a month two months a year um I personally prolonged it for a good year and I wouldn't change that um and I thought that was enough time to deal with what I needed to in in, in that time period yeah I agree with you I feel like if there's life without counseling or life without support and you get to maintain your image of this bravado of I don't have any problems, I don't need any external help, I'm I'm good. And then there's the potential consequences of that in terms of your behavior or things that you might do, your interactions with the family, how expensive is, you know, like a breakdown in, in a father-son relationship, for example, right? Like how much is that worth? And is it worth going for counseling to prevent that? Like how how expensive in terms of lost energy life is having a breakdown and if if you can get support through that phase you know if it costs you 300 3000 whatever it is for me personally i feel like is is you know people spend that much on a car mm-hmm. and a car is going to be give them some benefits for a couple of years they might spend that on a holiday which will give them benefit maybe for a week um or two but for our mental health, we don't seem to really make the same kind of investment. And then we don't take it as seriously. We think, oh, yeah, you know, counseling is expensive. I'm not going to go. But I've heard some people say that. But then you think, well, what's the alternative? Like if we look at what happened to Deep and look at what happened to other people within our community, within, you know, we were talking about this yesterday that in Bhagat Fariji's Bani, it says, like every 
everybody has problems. Everybody's house is on fire. Um, everybody is suffering. So what do you want to do? Do you want to suffer and just keep suffering and see what happens? Or do you want to do something about it? I agree with that. It's powerful as well. And you mentioned the powerful line from Barney as well, you know, each to their own but I do feel that sometimes listening to Bart and doing your das um, can bring a lot of peace as well but I know a lot of people said just do Barney you'll be fine but I do feel there needs to be more kind of your physical internal healing Um, there's other forms of healing as well you can get acupuncture Um, I know quite a a good person um he owns um um a business called body sync um and you know he does healing where he just uses the pressure points in your body so there's so much out there but it's just about your own will your own himmeth if you want to go out and get that support did you go full counseling for a long period or what did you find yeah so i i think on the first point i feel like it definitely is very individual and if you had tried the first counselor and then given up you would not have experienced the benefits you did from the second. So I think like with anything, like with personal training or, or going to a martial arts club or something like that, you've really got to, you've really got to try a different place and then see what resonates with you, what fits with your character and the kinds of people that you want to be around. And, and the same with, with a counselor or a type of intervention or therapy, you may have to kiss a lot of frogs before you find a prince in the, in the therapy context yes um 100%. so for me i had counseling after my brother passed away and it was on recommendation from my wife she said you know i feel like you're becoming an angry person and maybe you should talk to somebody about it and so i had counseling i didn't stick with it for a long period of time because the counselor was saying that when did you feel good and i said oh when i was training i felt really good so he was like why don't you train and then as I got back into training, then I found that that was like a counseling session for me because the kinds of the people I was training with people that, you know, I was, I was having a bit of a heart to heart with them. I was just talking about other stuff and it was taking me away from what I was feeling on the inside. So it was a bit of a a decompression exercise, just going there, the social aspects of it, not necessarily any the physical aspects and oxytocin and, and, um endorphins endorphins that's it I, it's a very good point that you said there um Harbir, because i can definitely agree with you um i find that physical activities such as boxing i found boxing such a good release um in terms of exercise and um just going to the gym i never used to be i was like i'll never go to the gym you'll never see me at the gym <laughs> Um, but now I just literally run there and it just is so good for your mental health, just, you know, exercising, running um, and and the good endorphins. So I agree with you. I'm glad you took that approach as well. Yeah. So, again, I feel like we've got to try a few things out. Main thing is that we're OK. Right. Like um, I was having a conversation in the car with my mom today and she was talking about somebody and I and I was thinking, whatever the dynamics of a person are or their lifestyle, if they're happy, shouldn't we just think, well, good for them, they're happy. We not, might not agree with their lifestyle, what they're doing or how they're getting there, but as long as that person is content inside, it's better than being ducky and on the outside showing that um, you know, everything is good, which is very much ingrained in us, I think, as South Indians. It's, 
it's everything is okay uh, at the family functions and then you go home and have an <laughs> argument in the car and then right in the car <laughs> and then you get to the function Assange TV. Yeah, <laughs> big smiles and dancing and I'm thinking about my family um, no I'm joking my family is lovely um, but I want you to talk about poetry as well because how did you know that that was the right outlet for you presumably at that age it's a very tumultuous age at 13 and there was probably a lot of feelings a lot of emotions that we all do have at that age how did you experiment and think that this feels like something I want to stick with because it may for some on an outsider it may feel like a bit of a wall to climb getting into creative writing Mm -hmm. so what is is I would say it's not all the time um when I was 13 14 it was more rhymes I've got to look back now but they they were just about you know school to day-to-day lives I'm not allowed to go here to this party I'm not allowed to be on Emerson at this time just very like small subjects you know that you're going around at that age but as time progressed I've had a gap um and only recently a few years ago I've actually started um writing a lot more about my emotions and my feelings when I was going through a bit of a tough period and I had so much emotion inside me that's when I started writing pen to paper and then when Kassan happened I wrote a rhyme about Kassan um, and then recently about um, Deep as well so it's I wouldn't say it's been continuously it's just when I'm really feeling passionate about that certain topic or subject um i'll write the rhyme or if somebody's getting married they'll get a nice little rhyme and a moon pig card or um there's a celebration i can project it then but it's not all the time i'll be perfectly honest with you but it's just a way of that i found of expressing how i feel and um sometimes a lot of people can you know relate to that with the master to smile rhyme um I've, I got a lot of um, messages about um, how people thought they could relate to that and they were going through a certain emotion at that period and it just was nice to know that it could touch people's hearts um, and it's just, yeah, it's just, a, it's just a form of expression. I feel that this creativity doesn't have to actually rhyme. You could just say a few lines like Rupi Kaur, you've got Nikita Gill, I love a book called Fierce Fairy Tales. And without a doubt, hands, you know, kudos to Vex King, Good Vibes, Good Life. There are so many books and, um, you know, inspiring people out there that I actually have looked up to. But I feel one of the main books was The Fierce Fairy Tales. I'm not too sure if you've read that by Nikita Gill. She constructs so many socks subjects in the um, South Indian society about uh, divorce, taboo, relationships, um, you know, physical and mental abuse. So I definitely feel that um, there's so many great artists as well that I inspired to. Can you mention a few others? Because I'll add them all in the description box below. And hopefully if anyone's going through something, then they can dip in and out and it may give them similar benefits. Yeah, what I'll do is I could write a list for you afterwards, but they're just my top three at the moment. Brilliant. I haven't read, I feel sometimes autobiographies are quite good as well because it's real and it depicts people's lives and their journeys as well. There's quite a few artists that have gone through depression as well. And, you know, I'm sure Michael Jackson and these big artists, they convey it through their music. So it's not just, you know, us 
human beings as celebrities out there and that they project that through their music. Um, one particular artist who's my inspiration is actually Rihanna. Um, um, I just feel like she's a fierce, independent woman and she's depicted a lot through her music, her journey. She went through physical and mental abuse and the way she conveyed that and now she's fortunately found the love of her life and now expecting so a lot of people say well why do you inspire her but she's strong she's independent um she's you know from a young age of like 14 15 being in the industry um a lot of mainstream and she was the one that actually projected and supported us doing Kassan so when that post came out everybody was messing oh do your artist but um she is one of my main kind of uh, individuals I inspire to. Because a lot of people always want to meet somebody and she's on my list. <laughs> I might have to keep dreaming after she That's has amazing. the baby. But, yeah. You're right, though. She was the person who really put her, one of the people who put themselves out there and got a lot of stick for it from mm-hmm. kind of nationalists in India for getting involved in, in that matter. And she didn't need to do that, really, mm-hmm. to use her platform to give, the Kassanza voice. So that was incredible. Um, the question about poetry was, when you write something, does it feel like now it's been released? And, or do you go back to it? And when you're feeling those same emotions again, or is it something that you feel something, you articulate it, and then it's out there, and then you're, you can move on? How does that work, that process? The question would be, I'll be perfectly honest with you, I feel like I write it once and it's just that emotion to the paper. Um, sometimes when I go back again and try to edit it, it's not the same. Um, I feel like when the raw emotion is on the paper, it works out better and that poem is, obviously I go back and just change maybe a few words. Um, sometimes I look back at the rhymes if I'm feeling a certain emotion or say if I've met somebody and they're going through something, then I feel I have that open space to maybe project a few of my personal rhymes and then it and then it comes to light that that individual say, oh, I'm feeling that emotion or I've, that's quite raw. But other than that, um, yeah, it's normally once <laughs> and then um, I don't really go back. Um, maybe a few editing in terms of constructing the sentence or vocabulary but pen to paper and we're done we need to get you to release a book now because I know you're, <laughs> I know you're sitting on a lot yes. I'll have to speak to you about this afterwards because I have some contacts of some poets who've released books in, in the mainstream publishing space and so it'll be great to have a conversation about that look at that after right, next question <laughs> The next question was about Sikhi and what role that plays in your life. This was actually sent in from Instagram. And I know you have a strong connection with your faith, our faith. And so I wanted to learn a bit more about that about you. Okay. Um, so I actually went to a Sikh school in uh, Hayes called Guru Nanak Sikh Secondary School. I'm sure a lot of people have heard of it. And then I remember being in year seven, being really young, and we have to go to the Gurdwara as part of our morning prayers. Standing there, they did the Ardas, and I remember just muttering a few words. I didn't know what was being said. And I remember thinking as a, like, as a young girl, I will never understand Barney. I'm never going to understand the Ardas. But as time went on, um, 
I felt going to a Sikh school that my faith had got stronger. Um, now I can do the Irdas, understand Japsi side the part. Um, my brother's actually Amradari as well. So obviously him following the Sikh path has enabled me to understand Bani a bit better. And I feel that it brings a lot of peace. Um, you know, you know, I feel some people say you always need to go to Gudwara set time or do this, but I feel it's within your heart. Wherever you are, um, you could say why guru for five minutes and it can just bring you that peace. So it all depends on the individual. But for me personally, my faith got stronger after going to the Sikh school where we did a bath in the morning. And then, you know, we wore suits, covered our head or tried to cover our head as much as we could and followed the faith. Um, so that's where I felt this, the Sikhim grew. And coming from a Sikh family, do you feel like, going to a Sikh school is beneficial or do you feel because it's kind of coming from externals in whereas when it's coming from the family it's a bit different isn't it because you're just going with the status quo of what's happening within that family unit it's a very good question Harbi, because a lot of people think that when you go to the Sikh school you're going to come out like a golden shining star <laughs> with all these qualities it's dependent on each kid I feel it depends on your upbringing and your mentality as a child and how you want to take that on if you want to take the good morals from what you learn because you can also go to the school feel suppressed and find it difficult to maybe associate with other cultures because you've just been surrounded by your own culture so when going to university you could find that difficulty but it just depends because a lot of people ask me the question should I put my kid or child into the Sikh school I feel for the Sikhi faith 100% but you've got that challenge when they come out it's not always you know optimistic I'm not saying that don't put your kid in the Sikh school but you've got to be realistic about your engagement and you know your ability to interact with different cultures because when you go to university there's going to be several cultures and it's not going to be all surrounded by openness so I think it's dependent on the actual individual. That's a, a hot topic I think because personally we put my kid one of my kids into a mixed school and we wanted him to have exposure to lots of different kinds of people and to be a bit more wholesome and we thought if he's in a faith school then he might not get the same kind of exposure but he was actually bullied in his old school and we did try and put lots of things in place we went into the school I did talks in the school but it didn't seem to have too much of an impact mm. and so then now he's in a faith school he's really come out of his shell and it's had a massive impact on his character thus far so for him it seems to have helped but that's not necessarily the case for every family and what's right for everyone and he's visibly different because he has a judah whereas my daughter she's not visibly different so she may not have had the same issues and all of those i think it's an interesting topic <laughs> Very interesting topic. It's in, um, I'm sorry that your son got bullied, but I can definitely um, resonate to that because I also got bullied. I went to a non-faith school and that was one of the main reasons why I got taken out of that and I went to Granonic. That was the best step that our parents took because it really helped. Um, wasn't doing great at all prior to that. And um, it does really, really help, especially if you're in that situation where you're getting bullied and then you going to faith school so i'm glad your son's um doing better <laughs> thank you and likewise i'm glad it worked out 
because as a parent you just want the best for your kids right you you're trying your best but you don't necessarily know how it's going to turn out there's always pros and cons but um this yeah I'm definitely glad that you did that with him because it's difficult <laughs> so you're a deadly mar- martial artist right <laughs> I wish I wouldn't say quite I didn't go for a long period I went for a few months um went and did some box boxing and is it Muay Thai <laughs> um I, I thought it was brilliant a great way to express um you know some built-up um, emotions in a in a healthy environment they were great teachers um and I haven't gone back since because then the COVID pandemic hit but you know it was great and in in alternative to that I've started going to the gym <laughs> that's another kind of like fitness for me but yeah definitely feel that martial arts is good amazing and you do a lot of things at the moment so I wanted you to touch on everything that you do how people can get in touch with you all of that good stuff so I set up an account called Detail underscore Dill. Um, probably a few people are probably thinking, what's that all about? So the aim of the account is to promote. Um, I feel there's a lot of competition out there in social media, but not a lot, a lot of support. So you've got, you know, upcoming great makeup artists, but they just don't have that platform or photographers, uh, designers, Mendy artists, whatever talent you have. And my aim was to just literally um, collaborate with individuals, put the post up. And then, you know, if you're getting married or you've got a function, say, hey, Dil, I need a makeup artist, I need a photographer. And then I will put you in contact with that individual. So it's all about working together and, you know, seeing I love seeing artists progress and seeing their account develop um and that's the aim so yeah you can dm me contact me anytime if you want to work on collaborations I'm more than happy to but that's the aim of the account that's amazing that's the first time I've come across an account which is just there for like just to help other accounts as opposed to anything else that's really that's really unique and what was the inspiration behind that? Uh, the inspiration was um, I remember looking uh, for a few artists a few years ago and there was nothing out there. I feel the industry is quite cutthroat. So I've had this idea for a little while. I just want to help and promote. I've got so many people in my circle that are so talented, but unfortunately they don't have the you know, thousands and thousands of followers, but they've got so much talent and creativity so I was sitting there and I thought of the name but detail underscore deal which which basically is is generic and it can be anything you could have a juice business or an ice cream factory or whatever you do and um, then just reach out to me I do collaborations you've probably seen a few on my page um, I did something for the Black Lives Matter where um, um, I helped support one of my friends called Fidpal, he's, he's well known in the industry as well, and we did this shoot because we wanted to acknowledge that there's no caste, there's no gender, you know, we're all one society, so there's a few projects that went on in the background as well, so yeah, just reach out to me and I'm happy to help promote, collaborate. And what's your ideal collaboration? If anyone wants to email you, apart from Rihanna, <laughs> to DM you, apart from Rihanna, What's your ideal collaboration that you're looking for? Okay, it's only Rihanna, really. <laughs> but she's pregnant now, so she's going to be a bit busy for a little while. Um, I don't have a in particular ideal, um, you know, one that I inspire. It's just seeing people 
yeah, for example, uh, you're a photographer and, you know, your business is quite small and you want to be like the main artist photographer. Say, hey, Dale, could we do a shoot? Then I get the makeup artist together. Then we work together as a team um, to to identify a look. Um, just seeing the outcome, it, it makes me happy to see people grow and progress. And I feel in this industry, there's quite a lot of competition. Uh, who is the best model <laughs> who's the, the best this I feel that everybody is I say flowers grow at different speeds and we're all on our journey and it's just amazing to see every the aim is to see everybody grow so why can't we work together and be a team and support each other in this industry because it's not easy it's quite cutthroat so that's the aim amazing where can people get in touch with you where can they contact you um, they can contact me on my Instagram. So if you just DM me, uh, whatever you, you know, whatever you require, then based on your requirement, then I'm happy to give you a phone number and touch base and take it from there. Um, I will put a, a professional email um, ad. I've yet to add that yet. And then they can email me as well, if need be. Amazing. I really enjoyed this conversation. I, I really appreciate your time today. Thank you, Jill. Thank you, Harbi, for your time too. Take care.